Welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. This is the place where we discuss how to maximize performance and improve retention with today's modern sales force. Every conversation on the show has one goal in mind, and that is to catapult your commission. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia, international best-selling author, motivational speaker, and a lifelong sales enthusiast. Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapulting Commission's family. What's up, team? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Catapulting Commission's podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia. Thanks again for joining. Be sure to like, subscribe, and comment on today's episode. Today's episode, we are back in Bakersfield, California, recording at Powerhouse Podcasting. Shout out to that team who's helping bring podcasting to a better clarity, better video, better better audio. So thank you, guys. Let me talk about my guest today. Shannon Eckroth is the founder of the Eckroth Sales and Marketing Agency. She has over 10 years of progressive sales and marketing experience, including providing coaching, team accountability management, lead generation, marketing services that are done for you and recruiting sales and marketing professionals from entry level to executives. Shannon and the Eckroth Agency work one-on-one with clients and their teams to better define and understand effective sales processes while accelerating potential opportunities through sales pipeline. The ultimate goal of the Eckroth Agency is to support clients in developing predictable revenue through their sales and marketing efforts. Shannon's sweet spot is the small business client or SMB client, which we're going to clarify, through the Eckroth Agency. (laughs) She works with businesses of all sizes and variety of industries. Before opening her own business, Shannon spent seven years in the staffing industry as a recruiter and in agency management, which gives her the familiarity and ability to quickly learn and adapt to any business uh, modality. Shannon, welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. Excited to have you here. I got to be honest with you, Shannon. Let's just start with what's glaring out in front of me here. What in the world is a sales and marketing agency? Right. So, you know, I worked in staffing agencies for a very long time and started to understand that the whole concept of an agency is um, kind of a service provider, but also a um, open house for ideas and brainstorming um, to have a variety of talent um, within your, your business. I think it allows you to do a lot of different services. So as far as doing the coaching, but then also doing the services and then following up with recruiting. I feel like that many departments or divisions, it kind of falls under one um, roof and agency felt accurate for that. Okay. So you run variety. And I think agency is a great umbrella term. Right. So you run in that, that specially, who is your ideal client you're working with right now? Sure. And you know, and this is as everything, it changes often or, or at least pivots a little bit. And at first when I went into business for myself, I thought, you know, the small business owner, um, you know, all the way up to maybe 50 people, like very small businesses, I fit in really well with, I was very comfortable with. And then as it went, um, my clients started getting bigger and bigger. And we absolutely left the SMB world. Um, and I have a couple of clients, one client in particular, they're at 500 million, and they're reaching out to a billion. Um, and they have 30 sales agents, and it's a much more complex um organization as opposed to a solopreneur or somebody, Mm -hmm. but we're thriving. We're doing fantastic. So I think our ideal is really just a sales team that is in growth mode. Nice. Which I think for the most part, everyone, 
I don't say everyone because there are people who are like are content where they reach their plateau. They want to get to a higher level. They want to continue to grow. So you're 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 working with businesses that are in growth mode. And can I clarify that? Yeah, please. So growth mode. I have ran into so many companies that want leads, want sales, but they do not have the capacity to close. Mm. And so when I say growth mode, like in that initial audit of the business, are they set up to handle? The capacity of leads that may come through or are they not necessarily in growth mode and we need to figure out other things first like hiring or processes or that type of thing so oh let's just peel that layer back <laughs> holy crap speaking my language here so let's just take sales processes sure. as general right catapult to commissions family everyone reaches out and says what is the ideal sales process i've i get calls and emails hey i need help improving sales mm -hmm. i need help improving sales and I always look at it and say, okay, we can work on improving sales. It's a sales process isn't easy, isn't difficult to create. Sure. It's difficult have, to maintain. Yeah, it's difficult to maintain. Yeah. Do you have the bandwidth? So right. let's let's talk about that. When when someone comes to you and says, Hey, I, I want to bring the Ekroth agency and I want to help grow and generate sales, what does that first step look like for you? When you say you audit, I mean, what are you looking at? Right. So, you know, everyone wants to grow. Um, there's not a lot of people that say, please don't give me another 30,000 per year or whatever. Um, but do they have the management or the hierarchy in place? If it's a team, do they have somebody holding them accountable on site? Do they need that piece put in? Um, what, how are they cons uh, currently processing leads when a lead comes through from any platform or in any medium? Um, what do they do with the lead? Do they have a defined process to pursue a lead? What are those steps within that? So, you know, when something comes across, maybe digital marketing, when you have a paid ad mm -hmm. um, per se, if you get that lead in, what do you do with it? Who does it go to? And what are the expectations of that lead? So do you understand your sales cycle? Do you understand how long that lead will float around based on how many touches you do? All of that math um, needs to be kind of predefined if we're going to just jump in and give leads. Um, otherwise, I'm looking at a company and saying there's really a lot of prep work that needs to be done. Um, and that's where we go to management and say, yes, you want leads, but your sales reps do not handle objections well or whatever it is. And we really need to sit down and create a plan around that. So do they need support and um, accountability? Do you not have a sales manager holding your team accountable every week, month and, and quarter? Um, if not, we need to plug that piece in. Um, do they handle objections as not yet or no's? What is the history of that? Do you understand your buyer? All those pieces. Um, if they just say, yeah, we want to sell. We sell to everyone because we are donuts, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you also need personas within that everyone. Um, and so we can target them appropriately. So all those different pieces are um, kind of pre-gaming before actually getting leads. You know, that is that is something that, I mean, that's agency model right there. I mean, 100%. <laughs> I, I joked before we started recording, what's an agency do? Right. You take the entire compass and you right. say, okay, let's, let's look at this. Let's peel some layers back. Right. You know, everybody wants those end results. Is this something when you say, hey, we're going to build this uh, process, or we're going to take a look and you say we're going to go to management. Is this something that you help develop for them or is this something that they outsource? Is this like a hard right. fright? Where does that look like? So I definitely don't close the door. Okay. If I have um, ownership or, or C-suite interested, I know they have the ability to buy those types of things are in place. Then it's absolutely creating a roadmap to generating leads. What do we need to have in place? How do we get there? Um, and then once those are defined and documented for the company, 
then we look at the leads. And so really, you know, if you think about the agency umbrella of doing services for you, doing the sales and marketing accountability, and if you don't have the person, we'll hire them for you. Um, I feel like we are likely touching on every failing point a company might be facing. So mm. let's, uh, you, you, you provide a level of objectivity that business owners can't provide themselves. I, and, and I'm sure, I'm sure you've experienced this. I've worked with incredible business owners that are really successful, but they just can't provide right. their own objectivity. <laughs> like you, I, I, I even, I even frame when someone hires me or retains me to, 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 to coach them or, or, or be their executive coach. I'm like, Hey, I'll be honest with you. There's gonna be a point in time in this relationship you're gonna say fuck you. Like you're <laughs> yeah. not gonna like the words I'm gonna say. Right. And they joke like, oh, I'm not. I'm like I'm, I'm dead yeah. serious. Like the moment we've signed the agreements, the NDAs or whatever, and you've paid me, yeah. Like I'm, I, my, my, my performance, my value as a company is to make you more right. successful. So I got to provide that level of objectivity. Right. So when when you come in this place and you get these companies and provide objectivity and you you assess, you audit, and you improve, there's something that comes to mind here. I was just doing some research the other day and I'm looking at, you know, I'm a big believer in you and I, we, we chatted in fun fact catapults commissions family. I was on, I was on Shannon show, our two cents podcast, <laughs> uh, one of the most downloaded uh, podcast episode, or one of the most biggest uh, podcast shows here in the Bakersfield community where I live, where Shannon lives. So uh, be sure to check that. I will put a link in the show notes, but we talked, there's a difference of sales and marketing, right? There's a huge difference. Right? <laughs> I can. And, and I tell people, when people reach out to me and say, hey, Anthony, I need help with marketing. I'm like, look, I got to be honest with you. I'm horrible. I know what it looks like, but I'm not I'm not I'm not going to script or I'm not going to I would if I pay someone to market my own company, I'm right. not going to charge you to market your company. It's not what I do. Now, when you when you pick up the phone and you execute a process, that's where I fall really comfortable. Something's been bugging me here, and I think you're the perfect person to talk about this. The average attention span of consumers <laughs> yeah. is down 50% from okay. 20 years ago, right? I mean, there's a joke running around that the human attention span is less than a goldfish, right? Even though there's no scientific data to support what the goldfish okay. attention span is, right? But truth be told, right, the average human attention span is eight seconds. I would even argue that it's less now. It's the last data that oh, post yeah. that came out was like in 2015, 2016. Everyone's competing for attention. Mm -hmm. How do you, the AgriRoth agency, help your clients, let's say my business or anyone's business, how do I attract that attention when everyone's scrolling? Like, I just, how do I get in front of my right person? I don't think it's a matter of, um, you know, putting on a show always mm -hmm. for people. And first of all, I mean, it probably takes me two seconds before I scroll through something, whether or not I want to look at it or not. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'm just got a little ADD going on, but I know really, really quickly if I'm inspired by it or, or educated by it. The consistency is, I mean, if I could just tell people one thing in marketing, it's consistency. It's not being magical. It's not having some sort of proprietary, amazing, I mean, it's nothing but consistency. And we've talked a lot about buyer personas, mm. you and I, mm. and looking at the buyers, and there's, there's a couple of different ways to look at this. Where are your buyers? I hear that and I understand that. But frankly, I, as a buyer of multiple things, is everywhere. I look at everything. I'm always snooping around. And I would say my clients are too. I can't think of a client that is unfamiliar with TikTok. I mean, honestly. And it's not a place where I would have said at the get-go, go on TikTok and talk about your sparkling water or whatever it mm -hmm. is. But that's where it's becoming popular to do anything. And so I think back about all the different platforms that have rolled out. 
And every single one is the same where it starts out, it's a teenager thing. It's not for businesses or whatever. And it evolves because people break through that and they decide they're going to put their business on it because they know people are looking. And so showing up over and over and over, it resonates with people. And then if you're authentic, you're not going to appeal to everyone. And that's not the point. The point is to appeal to those who would actually buy from you. And through that, you know, inspiring them, educating them, being a value to something they ha- uh, are struggling with or being a bonus to, to the way they're const- currently living. So you're either solving or you're um, providing value, but either way, not to everyone at the same time. So I don't think we can worry about everyone at once, but just the consistency showing up over and over and over again. So if I want to show up consistently, yeah. how do I keep attention consistently like i picture and i'm just gonna play devil's advocate like i don't know the answer right and i guess i don't because i i struggle with this myself how do i stay consistently relevant like how do i stay consistently engaging how does my company stay consistent in marketing without being over salesy right i i I think there's yeah never ever pitch okay online no no matter what anyone says do not try to sell directly like i got something you want never say that Okay. Um, it, it's educating people. And if it's not for them, they aren't your buyer. And you need to go back and retweak your personas. Um, if you're not appealing to the people that you should be selling to, you either are not connected to them and you haven't done your homework to what appeals to them and triggers their emotional buying power, or you don't even know who your buyers are and you need to just completely start over. So, I mean, a lot of that comes from purchase data, right? Customer data. And mm-hmm. if you're a new startup, you're going to f- you know flip around for a while like a fish out of water. But if you have customer data, who bought, what did they use it for, how long did it take them to buy it, and then who are they, what are their demographics, what turns them on, what turns them off, um, understanding all of that will then change the way that you decide to use your social media. You know, I think more business owners, small business owners, I would even argue some medium to larger business owners that I've come across struggle with that yeah. that concept, right? Right. everybody wants to sell something. Right. Um, I even make a joke when I work with people and, and I work with a lot of people who are personal brands. We've talked about the impact of building a personal brand and 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 how I run an education based marketing strategy in a personal brand. And I tell personal brands, I'm like, you can tell successful personal brands from unsuccessful, unsuccessful personal brands. I always look at it and, and, and I don't pick on this industry because I love people in this industry, but I look at like a real estate agent or a new loan officer. They right. come on. They're all fired up. Call me if you need your house. And it's just very much selling their services and they go full steam for three weeks. I'm actually coaching about 15 of these people right now. Okay. So I'm really curious to see where, yeah. where this goes for you. <laughs> all right. So I'll tell you point blank. They run full steam. They talk all about their services for the next three weeks. Yeah. And they're like, I can do this. I can do that. Call me for this. Include me for this. They don't ever just share the journey they're right, on. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Just show me the journey you're on. <laughs> show me the authentic journey. Show me the Randy's Donuts you brought to your open house and yeah. like how much fun it's having. Educate me on the entire process. And as you go, and, and it's funny, I one of my, I have a client who's a, a loan officer and he's targeting, you know, he doesn't take a client that has a net worth less than half a million dollars, doesn't take a home that's less than seven figures. He's very particular. And so we've created his entire. He niched out. That's perfect. That's it. Yeah, that's right. all he speaks to <laughs> all the time. And I'm like, look, there's, and I even joke, I'm like, you're going to post a Facebook video one day and you're going to talk about this. And there's going to be someone who's going to see it like, Two four point four right. million dollar home. Get the hell out of here! They're gonna kiss. They're gonna tell you kick rocks. Don't worry about it. They weren't gonna buy anyways. The fact they commented, right? <laughs> that's 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 one of those little common things. You're like, oh, it gave me some boost on on social media. Right, it changed the algorithm. Yeah. Right. So here's where I'm going with it: is 
that that consistency for these personal brands there has to be a component of saying i'm going to educate my client avatar my mm-hmm. niche i'm going to educate you and and if i can't educate you then i'm going to entertain you mm-hmm. and i'm not going to try to entertain you my entertainment to you is just i want to see what you're doing right just want to see what you do in your daily life which is why we talked about earlier i i my personal struggle i got to get better showing the authentic like here's what i'm doing right here's like it just feels weird to me but I know it. I know. I know my potential client avatar for me is like I want to see. Like, it's fun to watch the podcast, but I want to see what it looks like when it's not recorded. I want to see the bloopers and all that fun right. stuff. So, yeah. You you talked about TikTok a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I switch that thought, you got about fifteen real estate professionals you're working on right now. Yeah, right. Or and loan. And loan. Yeah. What's your strategy with them right now? I'd love to hear. Right. So you know, with each. Um, category, loan officers, uh-huh. and then the realtors, um, you know, it is right now we've been working together for about three months okay. and it is all about me collecting data on a weekly basis for the touch points. I don't care how many they've closed, how many are in escrow. Um, but what are the touch points that they're, you know, doing the math backwards? If you want to do six sales, first of all, who are those buyers? And then how many touches does it take? What are those touches of, and really getting their data. And so, you know, the goal is by January 1st, we've compiled so much data that we can look backwards and start saying, you know, it's going to take this. I'm going to have to do that. And they understand what they're doing. And then we can start working on the objections they're getting, um, creating objection cards for the team and so forth. They really, really, really struggle with understanding the niche concept. Mm-hmm. But I've got one doing investments right mm-hmm. now, flipping properties like an oil there or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got another one that her personality completely aligns with Country Club. And so we've got her super focused on the country club environment Mm -hmm. Um, and just figuring out where each person really feels they're most comfortable so they can be quote unquote authentic. Right. So they're not just putting on. I mean, a staged situation, but that's really been my biggest goal with them. The loan officers, on the other hand, um, you know, I have one who just got licensed and he knows he can't necessarily compete with the other guys in the office. So he's shooting for refi. Mm-hmm. And building a landing page with a form, et cetera, et cetera. But driving as much as he can into one piece, he feels like he truly can own at this stage. And that's been really valuable for him. I think that's incredible advice. You know, if you, if, if your people are trying to sell to everyone, they're essentially right. selling to no one, right? So I love the niche concept. I love getting incredibly focused on who you're going to serve. Well, and like my own experience, your buyer will change. Your buyer will become different or you'll gain new ones. So for me, example, the, you know, bringing on much larger companies, that was not my strategy in the beginning. I was very intimidated to break into those. But then, I mean, you know, once I got really, really good at SMBs, the word of mouth just flew. I mean, it wasn't me seeking out um, larger companies, but the word of mouth just, it captured me (laughs) and I had to give it a try and it was successful. So here we are. So good for you. When you're going in these touches you talked about, sure. Are you talking social media touches? Are you talking uh, face-to-face phone call touches, email touches? I mean, what are, what data are you compiling for your, yeah, right. So if we just keep it on realtors Mm -hmm. for the second, so um, the touch points that I've created for them before something is a new listing or an escrow or closed, it's going to be um, all of the new listings that come in on quote unquote hot sheets mm-hmm. each morning. Um, the realtors need to tap into every new home on a hot sheet. Hopefully mm-hmm. they've built enough of a pipeline and understand their um, buyers well enough to send them messages. This has that kitchen you want or whatever. So really getting to know the buyers like that. Um, so the touch points, so hot sheets. And then we have like postcards, neighborhood flyers, open houses. 
But then beyond that, um, there's a couple of them that have turned to LinkedIn, which I'm super mm-hmm. excited about. Um, and you know, how many people are accepting their invites? Who's that buyer that you're specifically targeting? Um, you know, so then it, it gets to be more on the digital analytics. So they've got you know the the paper, the print analytics, the flyers, and so forth. But then um, when you get to the digital, how many of those converted to conversations? How many of those actually made it to your CRM based on you pre-qualifying them? Or do they need to kick back to to a loan officer and stay in incubation while they prepare their credit or whatever? So really understanding those various touch points and how they're converting is super important. So, you know, having a trail of conversions to understand is really, really important. You know, one of the things Catapulting Commission's family, what, what Shannon is talking about is applicable. To everywhere. Every business. I could spit out 15 industries doing the same you, recipe. You have to know your data and <laughs> right. your stats and adjust accordingly. You know, I, I interviewed a guest recently who's who's built a incredibly large, large company. He's a, I don't want to say he's a CEO, but he's the president of the Western region of a company that does oh, nearly... 400 500 million dollars in annualized revenue and one of the things we talked about at the end was you know he's like everybody from my entry-level people to my mid-level managers we have to reverse engineer and know the statistics of what they're doing because that's where we improve and it's just it's such a in the small business world we i know a lot of small businesses that skip over that right just like because it's easy like oh i'm just gonna go out and just try and and rush through it and i would even argue that you know there's a reason that 90 80 percent of small businesses fail in the first five years is they don't have an analytical approach, the digital analytics. Specifically, let's talk about, you know, I want to switch gears on that. Subject. Let me actually one more thing. Yeah, please. When people are trying to figure out where they fit in the community, if they're trying to, um, you know, any small business, the chamber is sitting there begging you to join, right? Mm-hmm. They'll do open houses for you, ribbon cutting, blah, blah, blah. Um, I personally am not a member of the chamber. And there's only one reason why. My um, decision makers aren't part of the chamber. And so I think it's a go-to for everyone that, joins a community or opens a business, dive into the chamber um, and go at it wholeheartedly. But if you think about it, who are your buyers? Are they actually in those meetings? Are those the influencers to your buyer? Because it's usually salespeople. And although I do work with sales, I need their owner or their CEO or you know the check writer to approve my process. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just not going to happen in a chamber luncheon. And so it, it goes all the way down to where you invest your time and what value that's actually bringing back to you. Unless it's volunteer work, go go crazy. But, you know, if you're hoping to get leads from it, think about where you're going. I love that. I mean, I think that alone goes, you know, you mentioned you have somebody who's in the country club. I, you know, my wife's business, she owns Agape Last Studio down the street from here. And I'm telling her, like, hey, you, we need to start planting you within the right community. And, you know, she in the beauty industry, I'm like, does salesperson, CEO, secretary, everyone loves that industry. So just we got to start positioning right. you strategically, especially lashes. It's not totally people aren't yeah. doing as much of it as they will be. Yeah, 100 percent. But in your in your businesses that you say your, your real estate agents like, yeah, you ha- really have to kind of position yourself in those communities. And there's, you know, everything's an investment of time. Mm-hmm. So I, I love what you said about the chamber events. I, I'm I'm a member of a chamber. I, I'm in, you know, I stay involved, but there's certain things that I don't attend because I'm like, ah, look, I'm, you know, if I'm attending because I'm volunteering my time, then I know that in advance. Right. And you have to make that conscious decision that I'm going to volunteer my time because the truth be told, I don't know if I'm going to get the return on the investment of my time at this program. Um, but, you know, sometimes you're planning breadcrumbs. It's a long process. Sure. Let's 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 switch that gear. Mm-hmm. Digital world. Yep. Outbound marketing. What we have considered marketing has changed. You work with your clients in a LinkedIn marketing strategy. Right. Help me understand this, because I will say this. There are people who LinkedIn market 
incredibly well. Mm-hmm. People who LinkedIn market not so well. Mm-hmm. And there's people who don't LinkedIn market at all. <laughs> right. Give us like a high level view of what is LinkedIn marketing and how is that helping and impacting your clients right now? I think it's more relatable if I step back and there's there's two types of marketing online. There's inbound and outbound marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the in, inbound marketing is simply considering the fact that people put so much content out there. They buy ads, they do newsletters, they do um, blogging. All of that is an effort to get people to see you and call you or visit your website. Do some sort of conversion where they end up buying at the end of the day. You are not choosing your buyers. You may have the best buyer persona defined. You may be writing content exactly to that buyer, but you are still praying to God in AdWorks or something brings them to the blog to actually learn that content. Um, so that's that's an inbound concept. Now, that goes with a traditional sales funnel. You're going to attract and then you're going to engage and then you're going to convert um, if we just kind of think of a standard pipeline. Mm-hmm. If we flip that funnel upside down, instead of having the wide end at the top, what if we just had the pointed end, right? So what if we identified who our buyer was truly understood them, went out and found them one at a time, and they fit exactly what our our very um, deliberate buyer persona looks like. If I go find those people, there's a far, it's far more likely I close on somebody I found and targeted as opposed to whoever I'm targeting and the right guy hopefully reading my mm-hmm. blog or whatever. Um, so that's what I do on LinkedIn. So if we really flip the funnel and use LinkedIn to then target buyers, it goes all the way down to the very basic concept of who the hell buys your shit. So it goes all the way back to that buyer persona all over again. And so when you create the buyer persona and you know you're going on LinkedIn, then take a look. So prospecting on LinkedIn doesn't work well um, unless you do it at scale. And to do it at scale, you have to have LinkedIn Sales Navigator. So with LinkedIn Sales Navigator, it is between $80 and $100 a month, depending on if you go annual or monthly. But what that opens the door to is, first of all, you can visit 100 profiles a day on regular LinkedIn before LinkedIn says you're going too fast and you need to, you know, you're in the doghouse or whatever. If you have Sales Navigator, you can visit 1,500 profiles a day before LinkedIn throws a a fit. Um, And so with that, if you understand your buyers, you have a world of search filters that Sales Navigator opens up to you. Um, How much do they make? How many people are in the company? What are the job titles? What aren't the job titles? You can really get down to a very specific guy um, or woman, whatever. Um, But by doing that, then the messaging can be extremely catered and personalized towards that group. And if you can segment it down enough to a small enough group, those messages become very personal. um, And people definitely feel like you are messaging them directly and not just throwing shit in the wind. Um, and so when you do that, you you immediately gain more loyalty and trust. And if you think about that upside down funnel again, when you have people that you target and then you educate, they're going to become your biggest brand ambassadors and loyal AF, right? So if you have people that have gone through the process, they understand your goal and communicating with them, uh, there's a trust there. And when they purchase, that trust doesn't go away unless your your service sucks, right? But then they tell other people about their experience with you. And likely they're telling other people similar to them and you have the loyalty and ambassadorship that you hope for. Man, you take the, how do I say this? One, I think you were talking about my business, right? Because <laughs> I'm totally the inbound person, right? right. I, mean, I know everyone I, is. Just get the shit out. <laughs> I have, I mean, I put, I have a weekly blog. I have a weekly podcast. I've been going almost on a hundred weeks in a row where I'm constantly 
Just But you don't even know who's listening. Like I could be <laughs> true. Very true. Right. But yeah. on the inverse, I don't have the bandwidth for the outbound right now. Like yeah. I've it's and I've and when people get me on air and they talk about it, they're like, oh, can you I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm not I don't can I scale? Yeah. Do I want to? Or am I ready? No. Like right. I don't if if I was to hire the aircraft agency right now and say, hey, I need an outbound and I need can you pick me up? 20 new clients in a month i would flip my first question is can you handle 20 new? yeah and i would say absolutely not (laughs) i would flip my wife would be like you're absolutely crazy you you know we're not doing that right right now now if business modalities changes things come on board and you know i've i've had junior apprenticeships that have been like hey i want to come in and learn yeah then i'm i'm ready but right now i'm not but as you're saying that you i think about that targeted approach of outbounding Mm -hmm. there's people who are afraid to do that let's just be honest here right there's customers and companies that are like, I don't know if I want to step out and do that mm-hmm. myself. Is it coming across salesy? Is it coming across like, what is that strategy when you're saying, okay, we flip the funnel on its head. Now right. we're going to target these people. I mean, what are you, what are you outbounding with? So rule number one, your profile has to tell your story, mm. not your history, right? It's not. So if I could just say one thing about LinkedIn, people get super stuck on LinkedIn as a place for business and my live resume, essentially. Um, and so if I think about it, for a sales rep, your resume is the most irrelevant piece you could put on that profile. It's not about where you've been. It's about the value you can give. And so if you're not focusing on the value moving forward and you're only focusing on the accolades you received 12 years ago, nobody cares. Nobody nobody cares. I mean, you might get somebody that thinks you're impressive, but are they going to hire you or are they going to trust you? Um, so that's the very first thing. And so when you start to use automation, which I do. I I use various tools for limited automation, um, but just until somebody raises their hand and then they're yanked from that automation and we talk. But um, when I invite someone to connect, I don't send a message to them. Um, I think that that gets very cheesy very quick. Um, And I'll just send an invite. Now, they likely will look at my profile. Who the heck is this? And, you know, there's various pieces of the LinkedIn profile that are money in the bank. There's various sections of the LinkedIn profile that will help you in your entire journey on LinkedIn, especially prospecting. But if your profile says everything that they need to know, why um, you serve that type of company, what you do for that type of, again, they're going to know why you uh, sent them an invite. They're going to feel comfortable connecting with you if you align. Um, If your profile doesn't align with something that they would be interested in, use, or find value in, they likely won't accept your connection. If your profile is written to par, they've done you a favor because you don't want people in your network that are not marketable based on what you do. Now, I've lived in five cities. I have 23,000 connections on LinkedIn. I've got a lot of people in my network that maybe I was recruiting towards or what have you in my various stages of my career that are not going to be valuable to me. Um, you know, They're not going to be buyers or, or what have you. So it's really important to understand that and to be able to acknowledge that um, and then you target people for automated invites at no more than 500 a batch. Um, and through a segmenting and, and tagging system, you can really identify that particular batch in two years if you want or whatever. And so it's really, really important. I would say number one is to get that profile in check. Hmm. Yeah, the, the 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 profile for LinkedIn, when you say no one cares about what your accolades and awards are like, the only people that care about that realistically are, you know, a recruiter that's trying, can I place this person with someone else? Can I call a hiring manager for sure. a different company? I'm like, this is impressive. But when it comes to actually selling your product or service on LinkedIn, yeah, I, I look at the profile. I mean, we talk about the the uh, attention span. Right. I, I get LinkedIn requests pretty, I mean, 
I, I'm not the 23,000. I'm definitely growing from the last time we've chatted, but I, I probably get two or three <laughs> LinkedIn requests per day. Like okay. authentic work towards me. Yeah. I look and I mean, you, you have three seconds for me to say, hey, is this somebody I want in my network or not? And it's just, it's nothing personal. It's like, my, yeah. it's, it's a professional version of swipe right, swipe left. Like yes, no, in, out. So if you have that one chance, if I have one chance to convince you, you deem me in your life. Where the hell am I going to put that statement, right? Because maybe you won't go look at my profile yeah. like I hoped. There's one piece of the LinkedIn profile that follows you everywhere you go, good, bad, or indifferent. But um, your LinkedIn header, mm -hmm. um, it is more important than your name. It is the most. So when you send an invite, the header is what they see. They see your name, little picture, and your header. So, you know, you need to make that header amazing. When you send messages in two years, people won't see your profile. They'll see your header. Um, when you comment on a post of somebody's, Again, they see your header. So everywhere you go online on LinkedIn, your header shows. Um, and so the best thing to do is say in like six to 10 words what you do and then how to contact you. Put your phone number or your email there. So there is, you either love me or hate me. And if you hate me, you probably did me a favor because we don't fit and we move on. So yeah, there's some value in what you just said right now of outsourcing your LinkedIn outreach. Mm -hmm. Because if you do it, if I hire you to do it, you do it systematically. Incorrect. Yeah. Incorrectly, right? Well, <laughs> we're yeah. not going to waste time. Yeah, we're, yeah. I'm not paying you to do it wrong. Right? Right, You're going right, to do right. it correctly. Right. If, There's no I fumbling. Do, if I do it myself, it's going to take me forever. Yeah. I'm going to do it incorrectly, but I'm also going to have these fear like, oh, I can't reach out to this person. Their company's too big. Or like, <laughs> I just think of all these things that you people hear when, I, when we talk outbound strategies. And there is some value, Catapult to Commissions family, in bringing a outbound strategist specifically in this professional niche. Is LinkedIn working for every industry? This is such a good question, right? So um, I have a client, they are in construction, mm -hmm. <laughs> very large, large client, and they were intrigued by the LinkedIn lead generation. Um, I probably spent two years selling to them the process, um, you know, and I heard so many objections. My client or my prospect isn't on LinkedIn. We're in construction. We're looking for project managers. And I'm like, okay, give me a list of your top 20 targets. Just give me the companies. And for every single company, it was like 50% of the company on LinkedIn and almost like 85% of all decision makers on LinkedIn. So I don't care what industry you're in. Management is management. I mean, that that doesn't change too much organization to organization. Now, I know there's tremendous change, you know, differences. But um, generally speaking, people are going to be on LinkedIn. So that's the biggest objection I get. But but my people aren't on LinkedIn. Yeah, they are. Like, let me just mm. show you. They're on LinkedIn. I can't even think maybe like deja vu. I think I could probably still find somebody on LinkedIn, right? <laughs> like, I'm trying to think what would be the craziest place I know I could find. Maybe not a stripper. Probably a stripper, I, right? I'm but sure they're on LinkedIn. I guarantee the money behind deja vu, I'll get them on LinkedIn. I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> it's it's so funny. I've had uh, I had somebody who not not in days of ready to be careful how I phrase this here. Um, I love Vegas. And there's a point in time in my life where I was a Vegas nightclub connoisseur. OK, connoisseur. I they are really good at tracking you on LinkedIn as well. I mean, I would get like executive casino hosts and VIP <laughs> hosts messaging me. I'm sure they on are LinkedIn. And right. I'm like, I was like, if I'm one of them, I'm like, dude, this is a genius. I mean, you're literally here's the income of people I want. Here's right. who I know can afford bottle service. Here's who's going to take me up on the right. free plane. Here's their gamble. Like they were, I was like, this is pretty genius. This was a few years ago. So to answer your question, yeah, I'm sure the money that goes into deja vu is 
So they're tracking and targeting somebody on LinkedIn. <laughs> terrible so example. It's all right. <laughs> Catapult's Commission's family, we keep it authentic 100% of the time. So is, is this LinkedIn outbound strategy, does this work for events? So let's just say, like, I wanted to run. This is me selfishly asking. And I'm future pacing catapulting commissions. Let's say I wanted to run a catapulting commissions mastermind, high level mastermind, $20,000. And I wanted to find 20 people. Sure. And I said, okay, Shannon, here's my budget. Here's what I'm looking for. We, we outline the process. Is LinkedIn somewhere we can outbound and get those people into the funnel? Yeah, absolutely. I was actually chasing an event for a client um, about a month and a half ago. They had, and I've done this also for other clients that just have maybe um, volunteer experiences that they need to get a lot of people or whatever mm -hmm. tickets to sell. And, you know, they had tried, every nonprofit tries their little hearts out to get all of their tickets sold. Mm -hmm. um, if there is a bulk of tickets left at the end of their efforts and it's like three days before the event, often I've had people come to me and I will target, run messages, get people aware of the event. And so many tickets have been sold that way. Um it's very, very easy. It's, you know, time sensitive, sure. Um, but as long as you know who you want to show up, it's super easy to target. And another example that's kind of sideways um, from traditional prospecting, mm -hmm. my father's a professor in Portland, um, in Portland State University, mm -hmm. and he teaches Master of Taxation, um, the, most, <laughs> the most boring class in the world, right? Yeah. And they, <laughs> he's also <laughs> the director of that division. And so he has a really hard time finding um, – you know, students that have their bachelor's in accounting and they're super excited about tax, right? Like there's not enough people in Portland for that. And so we've actually used um, LinkedIn lead generation to find students as well because I can target their um, their degree and I can target, um, you know, keywords within their posts or within their profile and pull them out of the weeds as well. So, I mean, I've gotten pretty creative um, with different ways to use it. And because you have the automation tool, you can hit people at scale. And as long as you're mindful of the the segmentation and personalization, you can go. I mean, you can you can pull anything out of LinkedIn that you wanted to. Well, Shannon, I got to be honest with you. I believe you and I will continue to cross <laughs> paths in the future for various different projects, very di different projects. Uh, Shannon Eckrock, the founder of the Eckrock Sales and Marketing Agency here in Bakersfield, California. Look, Catapults Commissions family. If you are a high paying, high valued sales professional and right now you look at it and you say, hey. I want to increase my outbound. I want to increase mm -hmm. my marketing. I want to get more clients. You got to take a look at your internal strategy and say, hey, can I benefit from outsourcing it? Right. And Shannon, that is exactly what you do. I think it's been a wonderful time on today's show. Can I get you back on the show in a few months from sure. now? I'd love, I mean, I have a bazillion more questions, <laughs> right? And, and I, and I and you know, we have a limited time today, but there's so many layers to peel back. Shannon, before we end real quick, how does Catapulting Commission's family get connected and get uh, to know you, learn more about your agency, follow you and all that fun stuff? Sure. So email is super easy at Shannon at Eckroth.net, E-C-K-R-O-T-H. Um, there's also www.eckroth.net. Um, and we are rebuilding a, a website, but we do have a one page up there. And I mean, Google me anywhere, Google me all you want, but um, any social platform, it's Shannon Eckroth, um, super, super available. Eckroth Agency is connected to all of that as well. Awesome. Shannon Eckroth, the Eckroth Sales and Marketing Agency, Catapult Commissions. You will find all those links in the show notes before. Shannon, thank mm -hmm. you for joining the show. Catapult Commissions family, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, comment, and I'll see you next week.
Catapulting Commission's family, that does it for today's episode. If you found some value, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you're notified of new episodes. If you want to see the video portion of this podcast, head over to YouTube and look up Catapulting Commission's podcast. Finally, if you want a free copy of Catapulting Commission's, be sure to text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Again, text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.